Welcome to Totally 2000s. I'm Kyle. I'm Shane. And so in this podcast, we're going to be going and highlighting five movies from the month, uh, from a specific month in time. And we are starting in at a very fruitful time in my life. You know, it, it was just starting high school. Oh, for me. So we're starting with the year 2000. And we're doing this as a kind of zero issue episode of a prequel if you you uh will and what he's trying to say is we're not actually starting with the year 2000 yeah we're not <laughs> starting with the year 2000 clearly this is the first episode of this because i don't have my intro planned yet um but yeah we're, we're gonna start with uh november and december of, of 1999 yep. <laughs> and then we are going to uh, uh, select a few movies to talk about more in depth and then also uh, talk about the other releases and do some kind of quick hits on stuff we've seen or have heard of. Uh, Fun fact, when we were pulling up to try to look at the 1999 movies, I did type in 1919 and I went, I'm not going to find good movies from that year. Okay. <laughs> you thought 1919? Really? No, I did. I did basically the same thing that you did thinking oh, like, oh, yeah. the year before 2000. I put in 19 because I'm used to 2020, 2019. Yep. And so my brain did not work the correct way for a half for a moment there. But I did a very similar uh, uh, flub that, that you did. I just didn't say it. I typed it. Yep. Um, so uh, I, yeah, like I said, this is, this was going to be the start of my, uh, my years in, in high school. Shane, you're two years younger than I am or three. Uh, yeah, I would have been in seventh grade. Oh, sixth grade. Uh, one second. I was in, I graduated in 06. So I would have started my senior year in 05. So I would have started high school in 01. So okay. the end of 99, I would have been in sixth grade. Okay. Yeah. So no, I would have been in eighth. Yeah. For those two. But like, I think I'd already started working in, um, I'd started my first job. And no, I wouldn't have yet. I would have been 14. So I started my first job at 14. I didn't start until I actually had a car uh, mm -hmm. to actually be able to go places. Um, because uh, oddly enough, in a pretty small town, there wasn't much good public transportation. Makes sense. So, yeah, I waited until I actually had a car to have my first job. Um, I would get dropped off at the zoo. So I could clean up trash. That's good for you. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, we're going with November of of nineteen ninety nine, and a lot of fun fun movies. Um, and actually, uh, one of them was a documentary that I actually watched. I realize is in college uh, because it's called American Movie, and it's a documentary about the making of a small uh independent horror movie in wisconsin was it a movie that ever did anything or did uh, no it's a movie called documentary and be better. uh yeah the, the documentary got way more acclaim than the movie did that's the for called sure the coven yeah the coven um huh. and it was it's not like that coven like the the more notable one it's 
it's a very uh well, it's actually time, it was a it horror like a short you know i think it was a horror short but it was it was really well done documentary though from what i it's remember good. um and then the next movie was the bachelor which, i've seen this yeah what did you think of that um i remember like i'm i'm i i this was an age where i really enjoyed um romantic comedies and by that by this being an age i mean i've always enjoyed romantic comedies yeah i was uh, i was gonna say it was like shane when have you ever not loved romantic comedies you're you know i and i'm in the same boat like like which is kind of why we bond so much over the movies that we enjoy because we're both like yeah no we'll definitely you know there's no shame in watching a ton of chick flicks when we live together This is neither here nor there, but uh, on my flight back from Boston, I tried multiple times to watch the movie Marry Me, which is the Jennifer Lopez, Owen Wilson movie that came out recently. Uh, and I was very upset that I couldn't, so I ended up watching American Underdog, which was a Kurt Warner movie. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, but uh, uh, The Bachelor. Um, I thought it was fun. It's a it's a really dumb premise that is even worse now. Uh, basically telling somebody that that they have to get married to actually get their uh, get get their I don't know what the right word is for inheritance. Yes. Okay. Um, and so he's like he's essentially just trying to. Uh, in fact, no. This is definitely where the TV show The Bachelor came from. Now that I think about it. Yeah, I was gonna um, say like because then is... he basically tries out a bunch of women to try to. Uh, try to get this inheritance and he's like telling them like i get money if i get married and like yeah um i remember enjoying it but this was also during my chris o'donnell stage of really wanting to see movies with chris o'donnell in it um because i thought he was a fun actor uh well i mean at this point he'd already done batman and robin and we were young enough to not take that against him um, um i remember really liking batman forever yep and that's when I got into Chris O'Donnell. Yeah. I even even as a kid, I did not love Batman and Robin. I yeah. watched it. I saw it multiple times. I didn't love it. I knew it wasn't as good of a movie. Yeah, I can see that. But I mean between that and like Vertical Limit and you know, he he had a he had a good little run there. Um uh, the next movie is The Bone Collector, which is a Denzel Washington, Angelina Jolie crime thriller. Uh, I and haven't it seen is that. not the Kiss the Girls or Along Came the Spider like I thought it was. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, The Insider, which is a Al Pacino, Russell Crowe movie, uh, kind of right before Russell Crowe really, you know, uh, right before Gladiator. So before he really went you know, and had his big coming out uh, party uh, for Hollywood. You know, I'm surprised he's never done a movie with his brother. Cameron Crowe? Yes, <laughs> that's the joke I was going for. Okay, good job. <laughs> Thanks. Which, in all honesty, as much as I love Cameron Crowe movies, and I like Russell Crowe as an actor. That would be a horrible combination. I don't think I don't think it would be that bad because like if you really? get him if you get him in the gruff, um, uh, why am I blanking on uh the character's name from uh, Almost Famous? 
uh, the the journalist. The wait, are when you say the journalist, you mean Patrick Fugit's character? No, not Patrick. The, his his like mentor, Billy Crudup. No, that no, was not no. the journalist. Um, I was he was the. Um, oh, I'm not gonna remember this. I have to look it up because I'm gonna feel so bad because I also know he's very deep in the credits. Even though he's like one of the first people you see. Philip Seymour Hoffman's character, Lester, Lester Bag Bangs. Lester Bangs. Um, yep. you get you get uh Russell Crowe in like that kind of you know gruffer, angry role in a Cameron Crowe movie. I think that could actually be fun. We'll talk about more more about Cameron Crowe sometime in the next the next uh, little bit though, because that movie came out in two thousand. Yeah. <laughs> the last night, uh, which is a. Uh, oh, it's a Stroke song. No, it's a it's a Sandra O oh movie. I haven't seen it, so I can't really comment. Uh, the the TV version of Annie also came out. Yeah, I saw it with Kathy Bates and uh, Victor Garber. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it exists. Yeah, it exists. As every other rendition of Annie exists, unfortunately, they're not. None of them are good. Like that, I remember. I just, I just don't love that musical. I think there's one good song from that musical, yeah. and it's it's a hard knock life. Yep. And then Jay Z made that song better. Yep. I was I was gonna say, and then Jay Z <laughs> took the one good part of that song, and sampled it and made it much better. Yep. So we got two uh, two I'm assuming kids movies. Um, the Magical Legend of the Leprechauns. Um, no, that is a Leprechaun movie. No, um, it, is not le- it is not Leprechauns in the Hood. That is later. <laughs> uh, Mickey's uh, Once Upon a Christmas, uh, direct-to-video. Oh, and then speaking of direct-to-video, the Olsen twins. Uh, Passport to Paris also came out. Just a very notable film. I mean, they're in Paris. It, it was an Olsen twins movie. In they also have a passport. Yeah uh light it up which uh you actually have seen i have not i i have yeah this was actually this is i really enjoyed this movie but it was one of those i was of an age and you know internet wasn't readily available so i kept confusing it with other movies so i i saw it when i was uh, when it came out and then i couldn't remember the name of it and then i could never find it again uh but it's got usher in it um i think it's also got forrest whitaker and i know i remember judd nelson is the teacher um but it, it's essentially the basis is that uh, they accidentally shoot a cop and then they uh, they hole up in in a corner of the school and like barricade themselves and hold the hold the injured cop hostage uh, because they just they they don't want to be you know they don't want to be killed by the by the police and all that jazz. Yeah. Uh, it was a very good movie. I remember really liking it at the time. I could not tell you if it holds up because I haven't seen it since yeah. probably the year two thousand. But yeah, I remember and, really, and, I, I liked it well enough that I remembered a lot of the plot. Um, yeah, and I'm look I'm looking at it. It actually had a pretty good uh, cast, like you said: Usher, Forrest Whitaker, Judd Nelson, uh, Rosario, uh, an early Rosario Dawson role. Oh, uh, uh, Sarah Gilbert. Um, so this would have been right after Roseanne, or maybe during the tail end of it. Uh, Clifton Collins Jr., who's uh, always a super fun character actor, uh, yep. Vanessa L. Williams, um, and like a ton, yeah, 
and that's about it for the that cast. So that that yeah, actually, hey, Queen Latifah. Uh, you are think that one was uh, Queen Latifah was else? in um was in Bone Collector. Bone Collector. Yeah. So you're probably getting those two confused. Yeah, because I don't have the. I I should pull up the list so that I don't do yeah. that. <laughs> um. Uh. And then we had another coming of age uh movie that I think I saw, but I don't nope. remember anything about it. And that is Anywhere But Here, with uh, starring Susan Sarandon and Natalie Portman. This the one where she has a baby in the Walmart. Maybe it's. Or is a- that is that a different one? I'm going to Google has baby in a Walmart. Um, also, I was confusing. Once again, I was confusing light it up with juice because um, Queen Latifah is in juice. Um, okay. uh, that was at that age. I used to confuse juice and, and light it up a bunch because that's I kept thinking that juice was the name of the movie that I saw, but it was not. Uh it does not say that she has a has an infant oh. in uh, in a Walmart, but yes, because that movie came out in the year two thousand. It's called Where the Heart Is. Is the one where she has that, the baby in the Walmart? Okay, that makes sense. Um, but it's also Natalie Portman. Yeah, uh, there's a, a Barry Levison uh, TV. Uh, I think this was a TV movie um, called Liberty Heights. Uh, which again hadn't seen, but it also came out. Felicity's Journey. Uh, Was that the sequel to the TV show of Felicity? Maybe. Uh, so I'm I'm just gonna go the ones that I know neither of us saw, uh, just so people know for November what came out. A movie called Horse Sense, which you <laughs> that's know. like the Sixth Sense, but he knows when horses are around. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> flawless. Sorry, I like my own joke. Yeah. Uh, flawless, which, uh, if I would have looked further down on this, I would have realized what name I was looking for. Cause it's a, a Joel Schumacher movie starring Robert De Niro and Philip Seymour Hoffman, uh, Mansfield park, which, uh, is Francis O'Connor. Oh, it's a Jane Austen adaptation. That's why I didn't see it. Uh, and then tumbleweeds, um, are the ones that we haven't seen. As far as ones that we have seen, just to do some quick hits, uh, End of Days, which is the Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Gabriel Byrne uh, apocalypse movie. I've never seen that. Oh. Uh, RKO 281, which is... Out of nowhere. uh, Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was his first movie, technically. Uh, RKO 281. Uh, 281 is uh, a making of a document or a, a biopic about uh, the making of the movie Citizen Kane, uh, starring Liv Shriver as Orson Welles. I like Liv Shriver. Yeah. Uh, uh, Sleepy Hollow uh, came out. I you'll probably notice this throughout. Uh, Throughout this, uh, I'm not a big Tim Burton fan. I remember liking the movie, but I don't remember much about the movie. Yeah. Um. So. So Shane, uh, you will also find throughout this podcast and throughout the other podcasts that we have done 
Shane has only seen two, is that correct, James Bond films? Uh, yes, I saw the one where... It was like ice, and it was Halle Berry, and he like row, he like, he like windsurfed, and it looked terrible. Yep, uh, that um, is that's yep, that's die another day. Okay, that one was really bad. Yep. Uh, and then when I was younger than that, I saw one of the Sean Connery ones, but I couldn't tell you which one. Uh, but you know enough about the character that I'm I'm going to let you guess what the closing double entendre was for this movie. Like, Wait, as in, like, is this, is this something that was said, or is this, this is, the name this of This is something that was really said. So, okay. so, the world is not enough. Um, we have uh, Denise Richards as a nuclear physicist. Uh, Dr. Christmas Jones. All right. What, that wasn't in the Ice movie? All right. That was <laughs> not in the Ice movie. Can you guess what the double entendre at the end of the movie was? Um... I guess I have something to eat between the holidays. That <laughs> would have know. that would have been better. Um, so obviously, uh, oh 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 oh, um, I've got, um, I've got something to put under your tree. Again, um, could have been uh, this. This one's actually more racy than usual. Um, and uh, so so the scene ends with uh bond after they hook up uh he he leans to her and said uh, i was wrong about you oh yeah how so and then james says and this is literally the final line of the movie i thought christmas only comes once a year uh yep okay yep uh and that is when uh that is the last uh line of the last good pierce brosnan movie um and it is and it is down down movie is pretty pretty rough like i'm sure he had other good movies well i should say the last good pierce brosnan james bond movie um oh okay that's a very different statement yeah because uh die another day is atrocious uh world is not enough was fun but it's like very groan inducing at the at the very end with this how many did he do? Uh, he did four. He did what, what, like Gold, Goldfinger, uh, Goldeneye, Goldeneye. Uh, Tomorrow Never Dies, uh, which is really like is is really underrated um, because um, that one is the the main like femme fatale is is Terry Hatcher. Uh, but it is also basically a, a team up between him and Michelle Yeoh, um, which was a lot of fun. Um, and then World is Not Enough. And then we got, you know, the atrocious Die Another Day. Um, so one of the movies that you definitely wanted to talk about for November, um, and this definitely shows our age, uh, is uh, Pokemon the first movie? Oh God, this movie's so good. I've rewatched this movie recently, and it's still. Re- is this the one where Ash really tries to punch Mew too? Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. So yeah, yeah so, I have seen this one. So I'm going to begin by telling you that this movie made 173 million dollars in the box office. 
um, on a $5 million budget, which I just think is great. Because uh, this movie deserved to make money, because this movie was good. This movie is the movie, like, I did, okay, so a, a little thing about me. I did not cry, like, from the, like, four movies until I became, until I hit, like, 30. Like, I don't know what it was about me, but, like, it, at one part, of, at, like, a certain age of mine, um, I realized that crying at movies was dumb, and I never cried. Like, I don't, I don't remember crying at a single movie until I was 30, except for Pokemon in the first movie. <laughs> because it got me so hard when, uh, I should rephrase, <laughs> um, I cried when uh, Ash was turned to stone and then Pikachu comes up and tries to save him and it just because they linger on it for so long of him just Pikachu of like shocking him over and over again to bring him back yeah they did it so many times that like you get to the point like you're watching you go he's not coming back what are you doing oh god he just won't stop trying and you can see that the, like he's up he's so upset and like all the other pokemon start to cry and uh i it just it hit me i'm just like oh my god what um I, I think it had to do with uh with the time frame that it came out at the uh, around that time I would have lost my first pet and yes Ash was not a pet but it was you know, it was a pet grieving for a human rather than a human grieving for a pet yeah. but it was you know it, it so I think that it that it hit me hard because of that but oh man it was uh it was it was very good <laughs> this this movie was was very well done it's it's like only a little over an hour long but it was released in theaters and it didn't need to be longer they didn't need to pad it. Um, it get it. It was right to the point. It did everything it needs to be. Uh, yeah. I just I I love that. Sorry. I, I I'll stop. I loved this movie. Oh yeah. No. No. Like like the between the the Pokemon TV show and the movie, like that was very formative. I realize in because it was it was probably about a year or so after this that I for for about a year just swore off anything animated and it's like no i'm i'm a i'm way too mature for you know this cartoons but i made that mistake at, an, at a certain age too yeah and it's well because it's like that's why like for for the longest time like i hadn't seen uh monsters inc because it was just um it were like in that right time period of where i was like oh i'm too mature for this but, that's why i missed um uh, Treasure Planet and whatever the Atlantis movie was. Um, I think like just those, Atlantis, yeah, yeah, those two came out when when I was in that that stage as well. Yeah, uh, and I've heard a lot of people love them, but I st I still haven't gone back and watched them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like Pokemon, like I was I was completely obsessed with the uh, with the TV show like when it first started. And... Oh, it's so hard to watch now. Yeah. I've I've gone back and it's like why did I like there's some things that it's like why did I like this so much you know there's some things like that but then there's others like Batman the animated series that it's like oh wow like it the, like that, it's, that, that it's I almost catch as a kid. yeah well like and Batman the animated series is almost the opposite of like how did I enjoy this when I was a kid like. <laughs> Like other than the fact that it was just Batman, like, yep. and it's like, yeah, no, this is an adult show. Like, how? Why did I enjoy this when I was a kid? 
Um, but yeah, like po- Pokemon, the first movie. And as I'm looking through our list, uh, there will be plenty of other Pokemon movies that come out because, you know, for a few years here, uh, they were pushing it as hard as they possibly could um, yeah. and getting out and as much content as possible. None of them were as good as this one. No. Like, even, like, Mewtwo Strikes Back or whatever. or um, Yeah, it's, it's all kind of diminishing returns from here on out. Um, but, actually, that's a, a good segue to one of the next movies, which isn't diminishing returns whatsoever. It, in some cases, a franchise that almost keeps getting better. Um, and that was Toy Story 2. Yep. I I also remember really liking this movie. Um, two was the one where we meet Jesse and Bullseye, right? Yep. We meet and the main bad is is the is Stinky Pete. Yes. Okay. Um, which it's like it it might not have been like this could actually be maybe the only. Uh debate on if it's better or worse than the the first ones because or that that it's worse than the first movie because toy story 3 is Is just work of art and toy story 4 was a very solid follow-up toy story 4 was a was a was a nice finish of the series yeah so like this could be you know of of the four it might be the fourth best but that's like saying it's you know it's still a disney pixar toy story movie you steal what i believe was gabe's argument um but also then switch it into my argument i do think toy story 2 was probably like a better movie. Like if you go back and re- rewatch them, I think it's it's a better movie than the first Toy Story. But the first Toy Story has that nostalgia and that that's uh, the fact that it was the first and created the franchise kind of puts it over Toy Story two. I think. Yeah. Like when when Toy Story two came out, I don't think I I saw Toy Story two and went that was better than the first one. I went I went oh I'm so glad that it continued because it's still a solid movie. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and it and it could be yeah a similar debate between you know the the people think that the the Godfather Part two is a is is better in some ways than the Godfather, but you have to have that first movie to establish the characters to make that second movie as good as it is. Well, that's another good example of where the third movie is the best in the franchise. <sighs> I've never seen the Godfather. Yeah, movies. Like, you've also <laughs> never seen the Godfather movies. So, and I, well, actually the fourth one's the best of that. Cause they ended it with Goodfellas. That technically, Goodfellas. Ca- that technically came out before the second, before the third one. Did it come out before the third yeah, one? Yeah, okay. the third one's 93. Yeah, I had no idea when the third one yeah. came out. <laughs> so this would have been uh, this person's uh, fourth movie, actually, to segue to our, our next movie. Uh, the fourth movie from acclaimed director Kevin Smith. Uh, maybe, maybe my favorite Kevin Smith movie. 
Although I don't know if it holds up, so it might be one of those like better in my mind, but Dogma is so good. It is. I remember Dogma being so good. Yeah. I mean, from the opening with George Carlin as the Cardinal um, and, oh, Buddy and Buddy Christ and just it's such such satire and just so well done like yeah well, and, and it just it 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 makes it's it's a weird comedy that actually makes you think a little bit and there are things that i remember about this movie that i absolutely love knowing that this was a movie in the 90s and they said stuff like this but like jay and silent bob where they talk about like they're supposed to be these they seem like these crappy people but like they mention something to Jay and he goes, a woman's body's her own business. Like I don't yeah. have any say on that. Like it's it's all this great stuff that like, yes, there are some jokes in there that probably do not survive the uh the movement of twenty years in, yeah. in retrospect, but like the idea of the movie and the things going on in the movie are still fun to me and in, in, in concept going back. Yeah. Like I don't need I don't really need to see the shit demon scene ever again, but like no, I, no, I remember no. laughing when it but, happened. But like and and this is a precursor. Um, it shows off how good of a villain character Jason Lee can be. And, Nothing truly more evil than Central Air. Yeah, and like it's you know it's it's different, but it shows off like Jason Lee is a very good actor and could actually do a lot of you know, like really interesting stuff. And just hasn't been utilized by anybody but Kevin Smith, really. And whoever did uh, My Name is Earl. Yeah, there's that, too. But, well, it's like, like it's... it's That's obviously a very niche spot. Yeah, but, like, it's it's Kevin Smith and the, the only other director to really utilize him um, uh, to kind of his fullest potential was Brad Bird. In, no. as As Syndrome in The Incredibles. Like, I don't think anybody else... Well, so that I can think of at that time, um, could have done you know that type of uh, of a role, you know. And, yeah, I can see that. And it, and it's and it's a similar like evil, but justifiably, and like or at least justifies his own actions, um, it, as he does here as Azrael in Dogma. So one of my favorite stories about Dogma, and if you haven't seen this, you can go online and find it. Uh, Kevin Smith saw that they were pro that there was a church group protesting <laughs> yep. his movie near his home, so he went out and protested his own movie with them as a joke. And the the news crew came and they interviewed him for the segment, not knowing he was the director of the movie. And he just talks about like, he's just like, yeah, just, you know, the things that they talk about this movie, like it's just, you know, it, it's blasphemous. Like they, they shouldn't be saying that. And it's, it is hilarious. It yeah. is so, so good that he did this. Like, I just love Kevin Smith. And, like, and yeah. And, and even getting asked at one point, well, well, have you, have you seen the movie? Uh, no, no, but I, I heard it's really bad. Yep. Yep. That's such a good line. <laughs> God, the, just the fact that he does things like that, and that you know, you know, back in the late '90s, he's already saying stuff like a woman's body's her choice. Like there, he's yeah. he's pushing these ideas. He's um, like at, at a, you know when Chris Rock falls down from the sky and and says that he's you know the Black Apostle, and 
Yeah. And uh, and then he's just like, you think Jesus never got laid? Like he's yeah. like throwing this stuff out there. Like, come on, be be smarter than that. And it's it's good. Yeah. Like, well, it, and 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 you can, yeah, and you can also see a lot like as as stringent as he was with his scripts. Like he always he always said it's like he he doesn't like improvising that much on set that and you know the joke that he always made with ben affleck it was like ben if you're gonna you know improvise like go go write your own script and then he did and he won an oscar for it um but uh you've got the uh the fact that like you can tell that he definitely had his comedic heroes though and you know he he wrote for George Carlin, but you could tell Carlin embellished, you know, some moments here and there. Yeah. And Kevin Smith let him do it because it's George Carlin. Yes. And, you know, Chris Rock's first line, is, you know, one of his first lines in was uh, an improv. And Kevin's mm-hmm. like, I wanted you to say something like that, but I know I couldn't write it in the script (laughs) (laughs) about, you know, owing him five bucks. Owing him five bucks. Yep. Um, Yep. I knew exactly which line you were talking about when you, and and he said, as soon as Chris Rock said that, he's like, that is a better line than I could have ever put in the script. And it's like, yep. (laughs) And uh, yeah, but like just brilliant, like performances in, in just such a, goofy comedy like you've got you've got jay and silent bob as the central characters but like i said you get a really good villainous performance from um like damon from well from jason lee and then yeah let's let's, let's talk about you know b- the fact that we've got affleck and damon as at first these kind of lovable goofy guys who are you know angels who you know have been and uh thrown down to earth um and uh you know it's like oh did they they send him to hell no worse wisconsin yep um and you know the late great amazing alan rickman yep as the uh as metatron as the voice of god as metatron is yep so good yeah, with the kendall yeah, <laughs> all body. Um, and so yeah, actually, like that's that's actually. Do you do you have any more on dogma? Uh, no, I think we've hit some good uh good spots there. Yeah. Um. So actually, we we'll talk about one of the movies for December first before we go over the rest of the list, um, because it's a perfect segue because it's another brilliant Alan Rickman performance and that was in galaxy quest this is my favorite movie that we're going to talk about here i i was going to say like i know you're kind of itching to talk about this so this is just this movie is gold this is a better uh star trek movie than any of the star trek movies this is like uh, everything about this movie was just absolute absolutely well done like all of the uh like a lot of the character actors in the background of this movie are actual 
huge comedians now and for a reason because yeah. it's this movie is is just cast so well like rain wilson was one of the one of the guys um uh i don't have an i don't have the list in front yeah, of me but I'm, um i'm getting the I'm what's getting the his name for that thing you do the uh the bassist <laughs> uh ethan embry was ethan, one yeah. of the um uh th- there's just there's there's so much this this movie is so well acted by grathar's hammer i will avenge you it's just ah uh, like the, and like not even to the background characters but the main cast like sam rockwell is like yeah sam rockwell the last so guy good. on the cast he's, yeah he's just guy like he's oh yeah. like and and, just... and yeah and i and i guess you can count him as 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 main cast because he's the first alien you see but like you get such a weird performance from uh enrico Colantani, um who was in just shoot me and then he was the dad in veronica mars um yes as as the as the uh as the first alien they meet um because the the premise for those of you who haven't seen this movie um is uh tim allen sigourney weaver alan rickman uh tony shalhoub and sam rockwell and some others um and daryl mitchell Mitchell, uh were actually actors on this 60s 70s 70s tv show right or no, it probably would have been eighties, yeah. Yeah. Um this eighties sci-fi TV show, and these aliens saw a transmission of it and thought they were a real crew. So came they to historical archives. Yeah, in the historical archives. So came and they're like, No, we need a great captain to come to come and lead us on this mission. And so they recruit these actors thinking that they're the real thing um and then they actually have to go into this you know sci-fi mission and it's hysterically funny and just so well done and like i love that stupid premise like it's just so good just absolutely brilliant and i mean even the first thing that uh tim allen's character does uh in the movie he thinks is is like a job like he doesn't realize that he actually went and bombed this ship uh he thought that he was that he was like on a set and yeah. he was pretending to do stuff and like it's great um one person that we haven't mentioned yet this is uh a certain person's very first job first first movie he didn't do any tv before this this is his first job in hollywood uh as as an on-screen uh, presence uh justin long it's the first okay yeah if you go yeah, to IMDb, I guess. Scroll all the way down it is his first uh first credit yeah, his third credit jeepers creepers I, yeah i guess <laughs> it would be yeah i was gonna say yeah because it's it's before jeepers creepers it's before dodgeball um yep. weird yeah because like you just think justin long's been here forever um uh, Which is just just wild to me that that that's his first thing is is a fairly prominent role. Like I mean, yeah, he, like you know he's he's the main source of contact uh, on Earth for like the nerdy fans that he talks to, and he uh, so like you know starts strong. Yeah. Um. So then. Uh. So so. Uh. After Galaxy Quest, we'll go through kind of the stuff we haven't seen. Uh that came out in December. 
Uh, there's a movie called Agnes Brown, which is an Irish romantic comedy drama. Um, uh, starring Angelica Houston, it says. Um, oh. Holy Smoke. Um, haven't seen it. Uh, directed sure, by Jane, like Jane, Jane Champion, though. Uh, which could be interesting. Uh, Map of the World. Uh, uh, Sweet and Low Down, which is a Woody Allen movie, but I haven't seen it, so can't really comment. I mean, most people shouldn't watch Woody Allen movies, so. Uh, there was the, oh, I have seen this one. Uh, it was the uh, Patrick Stewart version of A Christmas Carol. Oh, I, I have also seen this. Yeah. Yep. It's a version of The Christmas Carol. You've not the best version because that's a Muppet Christmas Carol, but yes. Um, which like, how good is Michael Caine in that movie? Like, incredibly good. He's. I mean, so he was good. acting with Muppets, and he like acted that thing so seriously. Like, it was fantastic. Yeah. And speaking of Michael Caine, uh, Cider House Rules. Michael, uh, but you, you young men of Yorktown, you princes of Princeton. I've well, I've never seen the movie, and I try to quote it all the time, and I have no idea what the quote is. Yeah. Uh, uh, a movie called Cradle Will Rock, which I know which movie it is, and for some reason, as I saw it, I thought it was Cradle to the Grave, and I would have preferred. Yeah, yeah I would have preferred it being Cradle to the Grave. Uh, <laughs> uh, Deuce Bigelow, male gigolo, which I quoted this movie way too often and enjoyed this movie way too much. Yeah, I I have not seen it in years, and I'm oh, kind good. <laughs> I'm kind of afraid to look back at it because it's like, yeah, it can't. I don't think it's gonna hold up. Um, uh, Ride with the Devil, which uh, is an Ang Lee western, uh, starring uh, Tobey Maguire, Skeet Ulrich, Jeffrey Wright. Which, like, this would have been, you know, kind of early Jeffrey Wright. I'm sure he was still grizzled and old in it, but, you know, it's Jeffrey Wright. He still's awesome. So, um, and Jewel. Uh, Witness Protection, uh, Tom Sizemore movie. Uh, I think right as he got in trouble. Uh, Switching Goals, so another Olsen Twins uh, movie. Uh, Topsy Turvy, which is a Mike Lee uh, weird kind of mu British musical. Uh, Bicentennial Man, uh, which it's it's so weird the the amount of people involved in this that I have a ton of respect for, and I just don't remember much of this movie. I remember watching it and I know what happens in it. I don't know how it happens. Yeah. But I know Robin Williams is a robot or a android or whatever it is yeah. and he becomes human somehow sort of. Yeah, yeah, cuz it's like it's it's directed by Chris Columbus um who uh you know everybody will know from the the Home Alone movies and he was the director of the first two Harry Potter movies. Um, I love him more for the Home Alone stuff. Um, yeah, Robin Williams, Sam Neill, um, Haley Kate Eisenberg, Eisenberg, um, Oliver Platt's in this. Like, 
remember him maybe in it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Stuart Little also came out, uh, which is always the weird, like, hey, do you know who wrote this movie? Yes, and it's M. Night Shyamalan. It's like M. Night. Oh, M. Night Shyamalan Kong. Because he used to be a script doctor kind of guy before he someone gave him the reins, which yeah. then they should have pulled back on those reins a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I caught, I got myself on a on a tangent here when we were talking about the Muppet movie, yeah. uh, thinking of my favorite uh, Billy Connolly quote. Um, uh, do you remember Billy Connolly? Yes, yes, uh, yeah, yep. Yes, uh, who we will so, talk. Who we will talk about in length next episode for sure. Yes, uh, but uh, my favorite quote because we were talking about Muppet movies was, "I'm a huge film star, but you have to hurry to the movies because I usually die in the first fifteen effing minutes. I'm the only guy I know who died in an effing Muppet movie. <laughs> it's just <laughs> yeah, so no, good. That makes sense. He the black spot in the uh, in Muppet Treasure Island." Okay, I was gonna say I was like, which one does he die in? Because I was like, I I can't think of any, but yeah, I guess yeah, Treasure Island would be the would be the Muppet movie that someone would actually die in. Yep, he gets the black. He's the he's the sailor that gets the black spot at the beginning. Yeah. So yeah, is he? Li- yeah, I think he literally. Yeah, like he says, he's like that's more than just like that's. It's funny. It's one of those funny because it's true like jokes because, yeah, he. No one else would have died in a Muppet movie. I don't movie. think anybody else would have died in a Muppet movie, no. Because even as the amount of times that Gonzo gets blown up, Gonzo he's always just fine. All him back. Yeah. Uh, and then another movie I, I haven't seen in a long time. Uh, I think I saw it once on, on cable, actually. Um, so on TV. So it was very much an edited version. And that was uh, Girl Interrupted. Yeah, I just I think I was the wrong age for this. Um, I remember a lot about it. I know that I know that uh, Winona Ryder was there because she overdosed on aspirin. Uh, yeah, she's in. Yeah, yeah she's in rehab for yeah. Um, but this was very early. Uh, James Mangold directation directed it. Um, script. And he would go on to do, uh, he'd previously done Copland before this, um, but uh, he'd slowly, his career would slowly approach a movie that Shane would actually see um, because he would do Copland, he'd do Girl Interrupted, he directed Walk the Line. Oh, I know Walk the Line. I liked Walk the Line if I remember right. Yeah. Uh, He directed 310 to Yuma. Never seen it. Uh, and then he would go on to, because I know you've seen these, uh, he'd go on to see, to direct The Wolverine and oh. Logan. Oh, he did both of them. Okay. Yeah, he did both of them. Um, so he's he's really the one who turned around the the Hugh Jackman, you know, Wolverine franchise, which really, it only has one big misstep. You know, it just has Wolverine Origins. That's terrible. But I mean, which has the best rendition of Deadpool, though? It's so ridiculous. <laughs> so ridiculous. Uh, one one other one, and then I think we'll go into. Yeah, we'll go into our uh, uh, Wacko's Wish, which is an Animaniacs movie. Um, yeah, Animaniacs Christmas movie. Uh, talented Mr. Ripley, which I think you said you had a little to say about this. 
No, I've seen it, but I've also seen this on because this is a, a stage play too. Um, it was a stage oh, okay. play first. Um, I think it's based off a book. Uh, but I didn't love the movie, but I really enjoy the staged version of this. Okay, and and I mean it. It you know, fantastic cast. Uh, oh yeah. You know, um, fantastic cast. Uh, you know, so yeah. If if I think if you would have let them kind of go and do do a do it a little bit differently, I think it could have it could have been better. It could also have been a thing where, you know, I saw this when I was younger and I saw the stage versions when I was older. So if I if I went back to watch the movie again, I might enjoy it more. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, then another one uh, you said you had a little bit of, of a quick hits on was The Hurricane. Yeah, I love The Hurricane. I think that Denzel Washington is a, a fantastic actor in general, but wonderful in this movie. Um uh, I just I remember wa I watched this movie a few different times um, uh, throughout the years. Um, it's a very sad story. It's a true story, and like the idea that it took so so long to actually um, to actually overturn this and like get uh, get the true story out there, even though multiple times including once in the seventies where Bob Dylan wrote the song, the hurricane, yep. um, they tried to, uh, get, get, uh, Carter's, uh, um, uh, it's Carter, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, sorry. I just clicked on it. Reuben Carter. Yeah. Yep. Um, try to get his conviction overturned multiple times. And, uh, it just took, it, it took so very long for them to actually do it. And it's just, it's a good story. It's, it's, you know, sad, but it's heartwarming at the same time. Um, that people don't give up on him, uh, but just you know, thinking about what could have been for this for this you know great boxer that was uh, wrongfully uh, convicted of a crime that he obviously didn't do, like so super obviously didn't do, um, and the racism that went into putting him in prison. So it's it's a it's a really good story. It's 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 very much worth worth watching if you haven't. It is a long movie though, yeah. if I remember right. I think it's I think it's uh, like two and a half hours. Yeah, but but it's worth it. It's a good uh, it's a good movie. Yeah, and and, and leave drivers in that too. Yeah, I, and I was gonna say like like uh, you know really good cast. You know, obviously very much led by Denzel Washington. So really, once you have Denzel Washington, you don't need you don't need to stack him with some you know interesting as many interesting like character actors behind him but they did and so yeah. it was like all right awesome so i would uh, say top two john hannah and uh leave schreiber yeah so yeah john hannah who's not in enough things uh, yeah i think he i think he kind of rolled on a lot of his uh his mummy mummy money that's true and just did i think he did a lot of uh stage stuff is my guess yeah Oh, I also forgot he's in uh he's in uh, Spartacus. Yep, yep. Yeah. He's the he's the owner of the yeah. of Spartacus of the yeah. of the thing, yeah. Yeah. Um and then yeah, segue uh one of the last movies we'll we'll contact we'll talk about uh is another sports movie uh that I don't think is quite as good as as Hurricane, um but has as again a probably a little more star-studded full cast 
um, just thanks to the director. Um, and that was Oliver Stone's Any Given Sunday. Yeah, so I think this movie is wildly overrated. I thought this movie was long. I thought it was boring. I thought it was very well acted by Jamie Foxx in particular. I, I don't know if anybody else really stood out. I think LL Cool J was fine in it. Um, but, like, Hal Pacino was just, just hamming it up. Um, uh, well, I mean, Al Pacino started hamming it up in uh, 1990, so... But, like, I hear a lot of people say that this is one of their favorite sports movies and, like, one of the best football movies, and it very much isn't. Like, this movie was was melodramatic. Uh, it was, it was like a, it was like a long soap opera on... Which I mean, it's Oliver Stone, so I'm not surprised. But yeah. uh, uh, it was like a it was like a soap opera movie. The way that they were they ran things. Uh, I remember when I was when it came out, like it was vulgar just to be vulgar at times, just to show that sometimes people are vulgar, which I get. But like, I, it was just one of those things where it didn't feel earned by the movie. Um, and like, yeah, I guess it was showing some of the violence that you get in football, but like, it wasn't doing it in a way that like really played it up as like it being that bad but being like oops you know the guy shattered his leg uh-oh yeah. like i don't know it's just i just didn't think this was a good movie and then i tried watching it again years later and i still didn't think it was a good movie but when i saw it again years later i also thought jamie fox was still fantastic in it yeah. uh because he played the hell out of that role but jamie fox is just such a good actor that it makes sense that he would yeah. be um and i'm also like i'm looking back and realizing I don't think there's a director who is as big name that I like as few movies as as he's done as Oliver Stone. Because really the only ones that I think are actually really good were like Platoon's good. It's just again it's long and melodramatic. Um Wall Street, he gets an amazing performance out of Michael Douglas. Um, I actually never watched all the way through either of those movies. I've seen both of the part, parts of both of them, but yeah. not the whole movie. Um, he okay. He had a good 1991 uh, because I I very much enjoy his version of The Doors with Val Kilmer. I never watched it. Okay. See, this is also part of uh, doing research for our other podcast in like, hey, look, Shane hasn't seen this. Let's add that to the retro reco list. Um, hasn't seen the doors. Okay. Um, and then it's a depend on like, all right, do I want to watch the doors again or not? Um, JFK. Uh, Never seen you know, uh, also you know, three hours long. Jeez. Yeah, it's long. Like I remember when I worked in the video store, uh, you always remember the ones, you know, cause I worked at the video store as we were kind of transitioning from like VHS to DVD. So we still had a pretty good stockpile of VHSs and yeah, you remember those double VHS ones. Yeah. Um, like JFK, like, you know, Titanic panic uh godfather you know both of them um malcolm x um yeah gone with the wind because for some reason that movie needs to be four hours long um 
And then uh, final movie we're kind of going to talk about. Uh, it's not really. We'll a... say that Natural Born Killers is also a fantastic movie and the yeah. first of his movies that I've seen. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Natural Born Killers is good. It's just like, I don't. Yeah, I, I, it's been so long since I've seen it that I can't comment on it a ton. So, yeah, um, I haven't liked anything that he's done since Natural Born Killers, though. Yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say. I was like, I don't think he's done anything good since, yeah, Natural Born Killers. So, like, because yeah. Alexander was atrocious. Yeah. Um, and I didn't see the sequel to Wall Street. So, and the uh, he didn't do the sequel to Wall Street. Um, oh, he just wrote it. Yeah. Oh wait, no. Yes, he did. Yep, okay. it's on here. Um, uh, but uh, W is one of those movies that you know when you leave it, I was just like, that was a that was a movie. Yeah. Well, I watched it. I watched that whole thing. Um. Yeah. So then, then the last. Uh, would this have actually been a? Let me look. This might actually be. Yeah. This is actually a director that i that not a lot of people talk about that i think does has done fantastic uh movies and that is uh milos foreman um who directed uh man on the moon um and he uh kind of slightly retired after this like he did one more movie um and has sadly passed away um in 2018 um, but he passed away at 86. So, you know, had a very much had a long life, but, um, man on the moon, which, uh, was a little bit more of a serious attempt from Jim Carrey, which was interesting at the time. Um, yeah. but, uh, kind of Milos Foreman was the guy to go to for those type of movies for that because, uh, he, uh, also did he also kind of did that for Woody Harrelson um in uh People versus Larry Flint. Yeah, which I actually I didn't think that was a bad movie. Yeah. Um so yeah, like like Mulas Foreman, like uh director of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Uh One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, uh Ragtime, which was fine. Um Amadeus. I've never seen Ragtime, but I love the musical Ragtime, like the stage musical. Yeah. Oh, so good. Um, and it, it's an it's an adaptation of well, it's an adaptation of the story from the. the yeah, that's what, I, and I figured it yeah. would be. Uh, Amadeus, which is brilliant, and I really need to revisit that at some point. Um, People vs. Larry Flint, and then yeah, Man on the Moon, which uh, it's the story of Andy Kaufman. And yeah, it's just I, I think I remember liking this film just because I didn't know a ton about Andy Kaufman. So it was just like seeing this really interesting in character being portrayed. And, you know, it's got a little bit of wrestling tie in, um, you know, Jerry the King Lawler's in it as himself. Uh, Jim Ross is in it as Lance Russell which is weird um, because Jim Ross wasn't, you know, as old as we think Jim Ross is now, um, he wasn't actually that old to actually be around in the, uh, in the seventies and eighties when this actually happened. So he's yep. portraying an even older commentator. I, 
remember not loving this movie. I remember thinking that it dragged at points. Yeah. That, um, but once again, I was younger when it came out, so I, it might be one of those things I would appreciate more watching as an older as someone that's older now. Uh, but I remember it dragging at points. I remember being a little bit confused about where they're trying to go at times, and even understanding that it, that it is somebody's life, like. Like, I felt like they were trying to knowingly be um, obtuse with the way that they were telling the story of the movie just to be just because Kaufman was it was, a, you know, a um, erratic kind of kind of character that they wanted you to be a little like everywhere while watching it. Yeah. Um, and I thought that it didn't work that well. Yeah. I, I think, it, it, weirdly enough, I think I actually have fond memories about this movie thanks to the R.E.M. song. Mm. Um, thanks to Man on the Moon. Um, R.E.M. did all the music for this movie, didn't they? Yeah, they did. And, yeah, and, and, and The Great Beyond, like um, Man on the Moon's like soundtrack. Um, and, I, and I think part of that it was... Um, was why, like, I think, because at that point in time, it was when I was very much starting to get into my own music, you know, and not just listen to what my parents listened to. Um, mm-hmm. And so, like, REM was kind of one of those, those, I realize in hindsight, kind of one of those oddly influential bands <laughs> of, like, oh, yeah, between, you know, this and losing my religion and you know, uh, uh, end of the world as we know it, you know, so, so much of that kind of that sound, um, that, that came out from them at around this time period and, and before, and then watching their behind the music that came out, you know, around this time was, uh, was really interesting. So, But yeah, I I just figured this would be a fun kind of walk back down memory lane, you know, a bit of nostalgia. And then, uh, yeah, so the next episode uh, will be uh, January of 2020. So we'll start our our list off properly. Um, And yeah, we got uh, and and part of why we didn't start with 2020 is one of these movies I wanted to revisit before really saying my opinion and, and that will be Magnolia because I haven't seen it in such a long time. And I know I definitely was too young to have seen it when I saw it. Um, so I want to kind of do that one with fresh eyes and then kind of look and see uh, how much some of the other movies from January of 20 or of 2000 will, uh, will hold up. So that'll be our next episode. So maybe I'll try to check that out before we get there. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you can follow uh, me at Knocked Out Films. Uh, follow all of the other podcasts at Knocked Out Films on on iTunes. Uh, that will be that's the feed. And check out Retro Reco, which is our other film podcast where we recommend films to each other um, and kind of go back and forth. Um, So thanks everybody for listening.
And you can follow me on the street. Um, like, as I'm, like, just walking and doing stuff. Um, goodbye forever. As as you walk down Prince Roger's way. These princes of Princeton, you, you, you lords of Lord Town. Lords of Dogtown? That can't be right. Goodbye forever. <laughs>